Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. If you've got a Bible this morning, I want to turn you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. But before I go to, go to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, but just let me read some, some thoughts or some scripture to you out of Hebrews 11. Uh, we know Hebrews 11, if you've been around church long, is the great hall of faith, the great chapter of faith. And it says in Hebrews 11, verse 32, it says, What more shall we say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and of David and of Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they may obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned and they were sawn in two and they were tempted and slain with the, with, with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. I don't know about you, but I read something like that, I can't help to get stirred. I can't help to, to get a sense that the, as we read of these people, some of their victories, some of their challenges, as we read of them, we see a people on a journey. We see an overcoming people. We see a people of resolve that say we are about establishing the kingdom of God here on this planet. And whatever it takes, we will be a people of faith to see it come to pass. Who's with me this morning? I don't know. I read it and I just get stirred in my spirit, stirred in my spirit about the historical um, events that we read, but stirred in my spirit that God's not finished and I'm part of the next move. God's not finished and I'm part of establishing this kingdom of God on the planet. I don't know if you see yourself as that this morning, but I, I just believe today God wants to put an expectation for my future into the life of you and your church um, in Jesus' name this morning. I believe God wants to put something in us to run again. And I read this, they subdued kingdoms, they overcame, they, 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 they battled, they fought, they were established, and they went to be with glory. And then in, in, in Hebrews, sorry, chapter 12, verse 1, I love this, because the theme does not change. Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, we also are we also therefore we also the apostle writing that to the hebrews says this is what they all did and they've gone to be they've gone to be in glory they've gone to be with christ now it's our turn therefore we also does that include you does that include me does that include shell harbor community church in 2016 to take up our part in this nation, to live the life that God wants us to live, to live with purpose, to live 
uh, with an end in mind, to, to live like we're here with a destiny to live. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a, great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Therefore, we also let us lay aside, let us put everything else aside, let us lay aside sin, let us lay aside that which would ensnare us and let us run with endurance. I want to talk about running with endurance this morning. You know, let us run. Do you believe you have a race? Do you believe you're taking up space? Or do you believe you've got a race? I believe I've got a race. Uh, the older I get, the shorter I've got to run. Thank God I don't have to run as far anymore because I can't. But I've still got a race. You're looking at me funny. Do you believe you've got a race? Therefore, we also, we, we are to run our race. You're not an accident. You're not here by mistake. The mistakes of your past, the ups, the downs, and everything else have not disqualified you from the race you're yet to run. The apostle here is talking, if you look at the word race, he's talking of, in this, it's, it's, you know, when I run a run, oh, I just had a thought, I'll get in trouble for it. You, 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 you know that, 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 that nice saying we bring our kids up with? It doesn't matter whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. That's rubbish. I watched the Wallabies get beaten by England last night. I didn't enjoy it for a minute. They may have played well, but they didn't win. So what's the point? I might just be a Queensland thing. We're so used to winning. <laughs> See, the spirit of Shane Cook has come upon me. God doesn't want you to run a race to lose. God's put you in the race to win. And all jokes aside with the sport and all that stuff, your race, my race, the race of the kingdom of God, God's not put us in this race to lose this race. God's put us in this race to win this race. God's put us in this race to see those people you just prayed for come to Christ. My family, your family, my brothers, my sisters, all of those people. God's put me in this race to see the kingdom of God established on the planet. And God does not mean that we lose this race. But he says to win, to be in this race. The actual word, when you look at it, it means it's got this context of competition in it. You know, when I'm in a race, when I'm actually running a race, you know, when I was in my athletic days, the, the, to win the race, I had to beat the competition. And there's competition in your race. There are weights. There are sin. There are things that want to ensnare you and stop you running your race. And today, I just want to speak about some things that I believe that will help you and help me run our race with joy and finish. Finish with the checkered flag. Finish in front, finish having done that which Christ has called us to do on this planet. Who's with me today? 
I love it in Hebrew, sorry, not Hebrews, I keep going there. In, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, the Apostle Paul says this, he says, therefore, my beloved brethren, I love this, sort of, challenges me. My beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor or your race is not in vain in the Lord. How many people would describe yourself today as steadfast and immovable? No one. Like me. You know, but as, as I look at the, the lives of the people of God, as I look at, the, at the, what the, the Scriptures encourage me to do, it is to become, if I'm going to win my race, there's two things I've got to learn to be doing, is to be steadfast and immovable. If I'm going to get to the end, if I'm going to endure, if I'm going to run this race with endurance, I've got to be steadfast and immovable. I've got to know where I'm heading. I've got to be committed. I've got to be in the race. There's certain things I need to put around my life to make sure I finish this race. And I want to talk about some of those things a little bit later this morning because I believe if I'm going to get there, I need help to get there. I, 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 need, to, I need things to put into my life that are going to see me established to finish my race. It's no good. Somebody once said, if you, if, 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 in baseball terms, if you finish on third base, it adds nothing to the score. It's getting home. It's getting all the way. He endures till the end. It's going to be saved. We've got to put things in our life, commitment in our life. There's two words. I guess, if anything, I would title this message this morning. It's established and steadfast. The Bible uses these words. Listen to what Psalm 112 says about a person who's committed to be delighting in the things of God. Psalm 112, verses 7 and 8. That person will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he deceives his desires on his enemy. Listen to the, the, to, to the psalmist David. After he has fallen in deep sin, he prays to God and says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. How many people need a steadfast spirit renewed in your life this morning? And a life that is established in the things of God. As, as Pastor Shane said there before, we all know people that were once running the race and aren't there anymore. We all know them, don't we? I've got pastor friends that were in the race and aren't there anymore, yet they can come back. They're allowed to come back and run again. You're allowed this morning. If, you're, if you've drifted out of the race, then you're allowed to come back and establish yourself in that race this morning. But here's the point. If we're going to run with endurance this race, then we've got to get something in our heart. The Bible talks about an established and a steadfast heart. David says, I fell over. I was ensnared because my heart got unfastened. My heart became unsteadfast, if that's a word. My heart... Your heart gets sick before you do. Your heart goes wrong before you do. And what we've got to do in our lives is put, put things in place that will help us establish ourselves in the things of God. Right. Amen? Yeah. 
How many people need to be established here this morning? Listen to a man who started the Methodist revival centuries ago. His name was John Wesley. Listen to a page from his diary. I love this. Sunday morning, May 5, I preached at St. Anne's and was asked not to come back anymore. (laughs) Sunday p.m. May 5, I preached at St. John's and the deacon said, get out and stay out. Sunday a.m. May 12, I preached at St. Jude's and I can't go back there either. Sunday May uh, 12 p.m., I preached at St. George's and got kicked out again. Sunday a.m. May 19, I preached at St. Somebody Else's and the deacons called a special meeting and said I couldn't return. Sunday p.m. May 19, I preached on the street and I got kicked off that. Sunday a.m. May 26, I preached in a meadow. I got chased out of the meadow as a ball was turned loose during the service. And Sunday p.m., sorry, Sunday a.m. June 2, I preached on the edge of town and I got kicked off the highway. And on Sunday p.m. June 10, June 2, I'm sorry, after the service, I preached in a pasture and 10,000 people came to hear me. I'm thinking, what, what an established, steadfast mind that would say, I'm just going to set my face like Jesus did. I'm going to look under Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, and whatever they throw against me and whatever they do, I'm just going to keep going because I'm steadfast and I'm established and I've got something, a resolve in my spirit that says I'm just going to keep going. And out of that, out of that, the Methodist revival, you know, a generation after John Wesley lived, one in three people in England was a Methodist. Started a revival, had a race to run had a purpose to be lived, had a steadfast and established attitude about life and no matter what was thrown at him, he just kept moving on. I look at a guy, I look at a guy like Joseph, locked in, gets gets locked in a cave, goes to Egypt, gets sold into slavery, ends up working in Potiphar's house and he's tempted by Potiphar's wife. You know the story if you've been around for a while. The Bible says this in uh, Genesis 39.10, it says, it says, so it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. Listen to the resolve in Joseph. Day by day, temptation came. But day by day, there was something steadfast and established in the life of Joseph that said, I was born for greater than this. I'm not going to fall over with this thing. I'm going to lay aside that temptation. I'm going to lay aside that weight because God's got something more for me, even though it involved prison. An established heart, steadfast heart. There's another guy, his name's Samson, tempted with the same thing. In Judges chapter 16, verse 1, it says, Now Samson went to Gaza. Could say Gaza. But he didn't, say, he didn't do that here. He said, now Samson went to Gaza, and he saw a harlot there, and he went into her. Joseph, day after day after day. Samson doesn't last a verse. Verse 1, temptation, bang. And we know, you know, the difference between Joseph and Samson was not anointing. If you look at Samson, he probably had a greater anointing on his life with his physical strength than Joseph did. 
But what he didn't have was a steadfastness and an established heart that would see him endure and, and resist the temptations so that he may fulfill the call of God upon his life. Get the picture this morning? God wants to, number one, encourage us that there's purpose in our lives, but number two, he wants to talk to us about making sure we do the right things that get our heart established so we can finish our race. You're looking at me funny. <laughs> you got a race to run. You got a destiny to live. You got to, you know, I'm going to be grandfather tomorrow week again. All planned as they do these days. And already I'm prophesying destiny over my unborn granddaughter. I'm prophesying Psalm 139. Before she's even born, my father knew her. Before she's even, before, her days are fashioned for her before there are yet any of them. And if someone wants to take them away, they're coming through papa first. Because I'm there to pray over the destinies of my grandchildren, amen? The destinies of my children. We need to be a people that put the right things in our lives to establish us, to see us win. Not just run, but win. Three things I want to talk to you about that you can do that'll see you, that the Bible says will see you with an established and a steadfast spirit. Just three. There's probably a hundred things you can do, but three big ones for me. The first one is this. It's pretty common sense, but the first one is start with the end in mind. Listen to Proverbs 4, verse 26. It says, Ponder the path of your feet and let your ways be established. I say it with start with the end in mind. Don't just live this life being tossed to and fro by all the waves that want to take you one way or the other. The word ponder means to think on, to reflect on. Where do you want to end up? Another way of considering it might be this. What do you want them to write on your gravestone? What would you like them to write about you? A friend of mine says, are they going to write on mine? I told you I was sick. But here's the thing, what do you want them, what, do you, what, what legacy do you want to leave behind you? Pastor Ross Abraham did a great series in the church up on the Gold Coast a year or more ago. He said the difference between a legacy and an inheritance is an inheritance is something you live for somebody, a legacy is what you leave in somebody. And I just, that, that message just really impacted me. I, I, I want to leave things for my kids and grandkids, but it's more important I leave something in them. I want to start with the end in mind. I want to determine now how I want to finish. The Apostle Paul said this, None of these things move me, that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. That's what Paul says, that I may finish. And then when he gets about to go to glory, he writes to his son Timothy and said, I fought the fight. I kept the faith. I'm going to glory. But I did it. But I didn't do it by accident. 
I did it because I started with an end in mind. I started with a determination that this is the race I'm going to do not be a people that get tossed to and fro by the thoughts of every other person. Set your face like flint and say, that's how I want to finish. I read a book years ago by a champion football coach by the name of Wayne Bennett. You know Wayne Bennett? from north of the border actually um, actually to be quite honest I don't, write, I don't remember that much of the book it was a good book it was about rugby league it was about winning so I sort of liked it but the title of the book was The Man in the Mirror and the, the preface of the book I don't know if you've read it in the preface of the book there's a poem and it's a poem that he renamed his book after, The Man in the Mirror. It was written in the 1930s, and it was called The Guy in the Glass. And it so marked me that I can't remember the rest of the book. I just remember the poem in the front of the book. It goes like this. It says, when you get what you want and you struggle for self and the world makes you king for a day, go to the mirror and look at yourself and see what that man has to say. For it isn't your father, your mother, or wife whose judgment of you you must pass. The fellow whose verdict counts most in the life in your life is the man looking back from the glass. You may be like a another and chisel a plum and think you're a wonderful guy. Something else about you're only a bum if you can't look him right in the eye. I forgot what the rest of that says. You can fool the whole world down the pathway of years and get pats on the back as you pass. But your final result will be heartache and tears if you've cheated the man in the glass. And I read that and I know what I know about this man, Wayne Bennett. He's not a man of faith that I know, but I know he's a man of resolve. I know he's a man that's committed to be all he can be and to do all he can do. And so he made up his mind that I'm not going to cheat the man in the glass. You know what he did? He started with the end in mind. And I want to encourage you today is if you want an established heart, ponder the path of your feet. Who you hang with, what you do. Because established hearts don't happen by accident. Here's number two. These aren't rocket scientists. Points, these are mine. Point number two, what have I said? Daily, walk with Jesus. Listen to this, Colossians 2, 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with all thanksgiving. Listen to it, rooted and built up in him. Can I encourage you today... That as good as it is to come to church for an hour and a half on Sunday, that's not walking with Jesus. That's not, being, that's not enough to be rooted and built up in your faith. It says here, as you have received Christ, to walk in Christ, to 
put things around your life on a daily basis that are going to establish you and root you and, and firm you up in the things of your faith. Have you noticed that your faith doesn't get built by itself? It's not an all-by-itself deal. I need to root myself in things. I need to get into the Word of God. I need to let my, 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 my mind be washed with the truth of Scripture. I need to be connecting with my Father in heaven. I know that it is sort of Christianity 101, but here's the deal. I was saying to the Connect Group leaders yesterday afternoon, in Australia, in the Western world today, regular attendance at church is counted as being once every three weeks. How good's that? Once every three weeks. Now, Mike, I ask myself the question, if people are coming to church once every three weeks, how often are they praying? How often are they reading their Bible? Now, this isn't about me doing a church attendance promotion, but I wonder how rooted and grounded and established people get when that's all they do. And then when the storms of life come, and they will, then they've got nothing in themselves to establish their faith. I went to church a month ago. My goodness. I need to go to church every day almost. I need to, I need to be with Jesus every day. I need to walk in the things of God every day of my life. If I want to be, not if I, not if I don't want to win the race, but if I want to win the race, I need to be established. I need to be firm. I need to be... How do I know safe schools isn't a good thing? Because I know what the Word of God says. How do I know when someone wants to come and take our nation down a certain path that it's not a good thing? Because I know what the Word of God says. I'm rooted in what the Word of God says. How do I know when someone wants, has a, what seems to be a good idea whether I should follow that idea or not? Because I know what the Word of God says. I know what the Spirit of God says. I'm established in His ways so I won't be ensnared by something that wants to rob me from winning my race. Start with the end in mind. Walk with Christ on a daily basis. And here's number three. Don't walk alone. Listen to this. Proverbs 15, 22. Without counsel... Plans go awry, but in the multitude of counsellors, they are established. Proverbs 20:18. Plans are established by counsel, by wise counsel, wage war. Listen to it. Now, now you, you need to make up your mind personally whether these are good ideas or whether they're actually something we should do. But the Bible's pretty clear here. You need other people around your life to be established. Now, that doesn't mean in a room like this, where however many of us are here, that may help, but that's not going to establish your life. You need people in your world to help you win your race. Are you with me? I find this goes against the Aussie grain. I love you, mate, but go and jump in the lake. 
I don't want to know what you think. Hey, I want us to, I want us to really consider this today. We need to open our lives for others to look. Is that a scary thought? We need to have other people. I need, I want to win my race. I'll never win my race on my own because I'm a human being and there is sin and there is weight and there are snares that want to take me out. The competition wants to take me out. I need others That'll keep me moving forward. That'll keep me establishing myself in the things of God. That'll keep me firm. I had a, a situation late last year in my, uh, uh, in my life. Won't give you all the details, but I was just having, I was struggling with some stuff. And like the man of God I am, I decided to seek help. Rubbish. I decided to handle it on my own. I decided I can get through this. We had some, some trauma in our family and anyway, just some, a whole bunch of events and, it, and unreal, I didn't even realize it, but it impacted my life personally. This was late last year in a way that I didn't even recognize it. Thank God for a wife. But not only thank God for a wife, thank God for a wife who would go to one of my peers and say, Gary needs help. And thank God for a mate who'd ring me up and sit me down and say, what's really going on? And thank God for a mate who would say to me, you and I are going to walk through this thing until we see you come out the other side. Thank God for people like that in my life. Because my personal uh, reaction was, I'll get through this. I'm right. I'm tough. I'm the Aussie male. I'll get through this deal. I've got to tell you something, six months journey, but I, had, I, I made sure that I was reporting back to this person about what I was putting in place to get through the battle I was facing right now. And I thank God for men like that in my life. I thank God for my wife like that, but she only did it out of frustration. <laughs> How's this? I actually, I actually went and, and, and sought some help professionally and I said to this guy, this guy said, oh, how come you're here? I said, my wife told me to come. He said, most people who sit in that chair say the same thing. He said, where's your wife? I said, she's at home. He said, well, that's good because most people who sit in that chair, the wife's long gone. It was nothing to do with my marriage, by the way, but, but I just want to, we need people. You will never finish your race well without other people. You might think you can, but you were never designed to do it. We were never... You, you know, in, in the Scriptures, we read the promises of God. And in the Western world, and we can do this legitimately, the Western world, we take those promises as personal. But most of the promises are given to the body to enjoy together. Most of the promises are given for us collectively. So that if you've got something, you can give it to me. And if I've got something, I can give it to you. And, and we can together work the promises of God out on our lives. And too much in the Western world, we're islands. Trust me, guys, I'm a guy. I know this. I'm an island. 
It's, it's, it's impacted my life by being an island. I've got to learn. To let, I've got to learn counsel, to have counsel in my life. I've got to learn. This walk of discipleship, here's a thought for you. How many people want to follow Jesus? You can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. You can get saved and become a Christian on your own. You, I'm committed to the thought that you can't follow Jesus on your own. I need other people in my life. I've got a race to run. I'm just not big enough to do that race on my own. I need, in, fact, in fact, my race involves others. My race involves the national executive around my life, the state executive around my life, the, the, the people around my life. My race involves other people. And I need to open up my life for them to help me win my race. Amen? I don't open up my life for them to check up on me. I open up my life for them to help me win my race. Because I've got a race to win. I've got a race to run. So have you. Amen? Have a look at a real scary verse, particularly for men. Hebrews chapter 10 says this. You're going to love this, men. Bible says in Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. <laughs> let me ask you a question. What is it? What does it mean to consider somebody? What does it mean to consider Alex? It doesn't mean, how you doing, man? Give me five. That's good. Good to see you in church. We're right. The word doesn't mean that. For me to consider something is to look into it, is to pay attention to it, is to reflect on it. You know what the Bible's saying? You read it in the Amplified. Let us pay close attention to each other in order to stir each other up to do good deeds. How's that? Shane, I'm paying attention to you. He's likely to tell me to get lost. Isn't he? Never. Never. He already has. <laughs> I've got to open my life for other people to pay attention to me if I want to win my race. I've got to give the people who I trust, not all you, not 200 people, people I trust, access to my life so they can help me and them pay attention to my life that I can win my race. I don't think you can do it without it. I think we're all the same. I think if you want to win, you can't do it alone. We're in a team. I was with your connect group leaders yesterday afternoon for a purpose. We as a church believe in connect groups. You know why? So that Shane and Rachel know where you are on a Wednesday night. <laughs> so you're not up to any good. No good. He said to me, Gary, can you come and tell these people they need to go to small groups? Because I need to know they're behaving themselves not it at all why we're trying to make sure we're, we're, we have connected people because we want people to win their race we want people to do the journey well i have i go to 
I facilitate a small group in my house. Three years ago, I think I might have told you this one time I was here, three or four years, three years ago, four and a half years ago, I got diagnosed with cancer. And it was a pretty shocking time and it was a bit of an uncertain time and it just shook me a little bit. Oh, no, it didn't, it shook me a lot. And, um, uh, but I'll tell you something, the people that walked me through that, that 12 months of my life was the people in my small group the guys that came around every Wednesday night. And, you know, something, they never always had the answers. They never always were that full of faith. I've got to tell you something, they prayed with me. They locked arms with me. They, when I didn't feel like I wanted to do the journey much longer, they, they were the ones I trusted to, to just help me do this, this next season of my life. And, and you know, we, I've, I've, I'm such a believer in this. I've, I wouldn't be without it. I wouldn't be without a group of people around about my life because I know what I'm like. I know that I've got a propensity to be ensnared by every other thing and not keep walking, to let the sicknesses or the challenges or, you know, my daughter had a pretty bad accident late last year. And uh, again, that's, that was one of the things that, that sort of rocked my world. Well, these guys just stood with me and prayed. They didn't have to teach me the Bible. They just had to stand with me and pray. They used to, had to put courage into me to keep walking. Come on, Gaz, we've got a race to keep walking. We've got, a, we've got a race to run. Let's just stay in the journey. And likewise, I've been able to help them in their, their journeys of, of life. And I've just found it's been such a comfort to my life to give other people permission to pay attention to me. Because I want to win my race so I need to be steadfast I need to be established I need to be firm I need to be rooted and to do that I need to make sure I know where I'm going I need to make sure I'm walking with Jesus every day and I need to make sure I'm not alone in this journey have the musicians up with me this morning we're gonna as a church go on a journey of strengthening our connections over the next season of the life of the church because your pastors understand the importance of this if we want to reach shell harbor for christ then we not only got to get big we got to get connected because we don't want to just fill a building with people we want to make sure people are finishing their race with joy. Why don't we pray together this morning? Can we just stand for a sec? Just right now, I've used these words this morning over and over. Steadfast and established. That's my dream. I'm not saying I'm it. Because like most of us, we get tossed to and fro. We have weights that come around about our lives that want to lay hold of us to stop us winning our race. But there are some things we can do to stay in the race. There are things that we can do in our mind. We can make up decisions today that will say, as for me, as for me, I'm not just going to grow big, I'm going to grow strong. I'm going to be firm. 
I'm going to be established. I'm going to make a decision this morning, right now. Number one, that I've got a race to run. Maybe the wind has been knocked out of my sails. Maybe I've gone through some battles. Maybe, maybe I had a dream and it may appears, appear to be past. No, no. No, no. Today, today God wants to speak to your life and he wants to say you're still in the race. You've still got a purpose. You've still got some things to achieve, some things to do, some races to win. That's your life today. And in the name of Jesus, I speak over your life. You have a race. You are not here by accident. You have a purpose. You have a part to play in the life of this church and in the life of this community. You are God's anointed this morning. But as well as that, God wants us to make decisions. Say, God, we're firm. We're walking with you. We're deciding how we want to finish. Right now, get a picture. Get a picture in your own mind as you're praying. Get a picture. Get a picture. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. How do you want to finish? What do you want Him to write about you? What mark do you want to make on this planet? Right now, in your own mind. Some of you are having trouble believing. You can, you can. In Jesus' name, you can. What does it look like? I, I, Gary, I, Shane, I, this is what I'm going to look to be. And then I'm going to bring Christ into my daily life. And then I'm going to bring others into my daily life. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, help us to be a people firm. Help us to be a people established. Help us to make decisions right now. Could I encourage you, could I encourage you not to leave this place today without knowing who you'll approach, who you'll get around, what connect group you'll seek out, what it might be that you will seek out people that will help you win your race. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're in this place today, you've never started your race with Christ, you've never started to walk with Him. You've not made a decision in your life to follow Jesus Christ. I tell you, the whole reason he died on the cross for you was that you may run your race, that you may find your purpose, that you may be forgiven of all your wrongs, all your sin. You may spend eternity with him. You may be established and steadfast in your walk on this planet. I don't know people here, but while Christians are praying in this place, maybe you today, you want to decide right here that, Gary, I want to lead a life that's firm. I want to lead a life that I know where it's going. And I recognize that I need Jesus Christ to do that. So this morning in this place, I make a decision to follow Jesus Christ for the rest of my life. Maybe you're in this place, you've never done that before. I want you to raise your hand right now and say, Gary, Gary, I'm with you. I want to see the purpose of my life realized. I want to live my life with a sense of purpose. I want to walk with Christ. Is that you this morning? Would you raise your hand? Don't leave this place. Let the Holy Spirit touch your life. Let Jesus Christ become a, a friend, a saviour, a Lord to your life.
because his only interest is to see you win your race. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Shane.